dependent of how we feel. It's based off of what he has done for us. God doesn't turn and look towards us because we do something right or because we earn it. He looks upon us with his favor and love because he loves us. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what is the benefit of eating and drinking? It's the words. See, without the words, it's just crackers and juice. It's the words that's what's important in the supper. It's these words, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. It shows us that in the table, forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. How can eating and drinking do such things? Certainly not. Just eating and drinking do these things, but it's the words. It's the words written here. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the eating and drinking, are the main thing in the Lord's Supper. Because whoever believes these words have exactly... What they say, forgiveness of sins. Dearly Father, we just thank you so much for your sacrifice, Lord. We thank you so much that you have died on the cross for our sins, that you offer yourself to us, Lord, as a gift of your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us so much. And thank you so much for this gift for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Oh, oh, oh.
Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord. I'm going to get the guys to sing a song this morning before I, I speak, and, and I want you to enter in with this and sing it with us and, and listen to the words, and I really pray that, that it will bless you. That's my aim and goal today, that you will be blessed in this place this morning. Bless you. John, Ben, and the team. <coughs> Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Water you turn into wine. You open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Yeah. 
that's what we're singing about today. And that's what we're speaking about today is our God. Many have asked me what this badge is on my chest, Johnny. A lot of people have asked me what this is. You get closer to me, it says my name, written in gold. And I got it from Jim and Wanda. They're always buying little things for me. And uh, unlike the rest of you, I love to receive gifts. Praise God. Nothing wrong with that, is it? And on it is my name, and it's in Latin. The Latin hardly pronounced Latin. Never mind, read it. But it, the meaning for my name is inspiration flourishes. That's what it means. I'll tell you, have you ever tried to live up to your name? Well, I'm trying, and I'm endeavoring more to live up to my name and to be an inspiration in everything that I do. Now, I fall short so many times, but I'll tell you, the more and more and the older I get and the different things I see, uh, as old as I get, I realize that as I push towards the mark, that I could realize the meaning of my name and I can be an inspiration to the rose around me. One person does matter. One person can make a difference. Gloria was walking in here today with her daughter-in-law. We were speaking to Ursula, and she was walking in, and her daughter-in-law was standing alongside her, who is Savannah, the beautiful lady in white, with a white fan going, I'll keep you cool now, Savannah. And uh, I said to Gloria, just enough, just a by-the-way remark, I says, now, Gloria, you got to teach her well. Gloria stopped me in my track. Gloria is very authoritative, Michael was telling me. <laughs> Michael was telling me all about her this week, and I'll tell you, Gloria is very authoritative. And she says, she doesn't need me to teach her. She was taught very well by her own family over there. So it's up to you now. We can make a difference in people's lives. We truly can. So as for me, I am going to endeavor to be an inspiration. So those that don't believe me nor want me to be just Stay quiet and leave me to be who I am. Amen? Praise the Lord. The title of my message today, and it will be very quick, because the food is coming soon, and I don't want it to be spoiled for you, uh, is the best is yet to come. Are you listening? Michael, you're not going to believe me, but you're just newly married just a few weeks. The best is yet to come. The two words I want you to learn, first off, is yes, dear. All right, Michael? They're good words for you to learn. I learned them a lot early in life, and I'll tell you, it's put me in good stead. Yes, dear. Joseph's putting up his thumb. Hallelujah. Yes, dear. I'm reading this morning from John 2, 1 through 11. So join with me in, in uh, reading the scripture. Praise God. Good to see you, Johnny, Tommy. Man, you're looking fantastic. Hallelujah. There are folks in here this morning that I've been praying for for years. And while I'm saying that, I want you to remember uh, Debbie Simpson. This morning she was in hospital last night and they've released her. I'm not sure what's wrong with her, but remember Debbie. Remember Carol Rutherford and her sister. This morning also John Baker who was in the hospital this week. And there is someone else that I, I wanted to really remember this morning and it slipped my mind. But, but uh, you just think at this very moment of everyone that is in need of prayer and needs a touch from the Lord. There are times in our lives that we think that we'll never get out of it. 
We can't see our way clear. We feel we're lost. We feel that we're unwanted. We feel that we're unworthy. We're unneeded. But that's a lie of the enemy. God loves you. And he cares for you. The devil has come to rob, to steal, and to destroy. But the Lord says he's come to give us life. And to give it more abundantly. So Father, I just thank you this morning for your presence in this place. And I pray, Lord, that somehow, somewhere, that your message will come forward and that we'll listen to what you have to tell us from your word this morning as the Holy Spirit comes and engulfs us and we have ears to hear what you have to say this morning. I ask your presence. I ask your blessing. I ask your leading and guiding this morning in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. The best is yet to come. John 2, 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding. Michael, this is about weddings today. And I want you to take notes, Savannah. On the third day, there was a wedding in the Canaan of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set, uh, there, were, uh, set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 to 30 gallons of apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water that was turned into wine, and he didn't know where it came from, but the servants did because they drew the water. The master of the feast called to the bridegroom, and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have all drunk well, you can imagine when I used to drink very heavy, and when people tend to have a few drinks in them, they're not of the right senses. They're not coherent. Don't really know what's going on. Then the master of the feast would give the inferior. You have kept the good wine till now. In other words, he says, you've kept the best till last. And this is the beginning of the signs of Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the very first miracle that Jesus performed was at the wedding feast. He turned the water into wine. I often joke, you know, when I've got a glass of water and Bonnie gives me one of them little sachets and you turn and you go at the restaurant because you don't want to pay for a Diet Coke. And I've stopped drinking Diet Cokes. I haven't had one for four, five weeks. So I'm doing very well. I'm trying to get my body in good shape. <laughs> Went to look like Jimmy one day. <laughs> And when I'm sitting in a restaurant there and uh, you, you get the big cup of glass and you can pour these little sachets, believe it or not, into the glass. And miraculously, they turn red. And I'll often say if I'm with someone that hasn't been with me before and maybe hasn't heard one of my stale 
jokes. Oh, he's done it again. <laughs> but you know, he turned the water into wine that day. He changed it. This was the first miracle. A couple of things I would like to point out, and I'm going to hurry on because time is going. The young couple getting married invited, listen to me because this is very important, invited Jesus to their wedding. And that's not only to your wedding, but it's to your relationship and to your marriage. I'll never forget Pastor John telling me he, they were kind of sort of wishy-washy. My mother-in-law was more sincere about the Lord at that time. And she was so much in love with the Lord that before she went to bed, she would speak to Jesus. She'd pray to Jesus and tell him how much she loved him. And he was so naive, that's Pastor John, who's a man that knew the word and loved Jesus afterwards, but before he did, he, he didn't like it because he was jealous of the relationship that she had with Jesus. If only he knew at that time that the more that she loved Jesus, the more he was going to be loved. And I'm encouraging you, both partners, husbands and wives, the more you love Jesus, the more you're going to love your wife and your family and everything else that goes with us. So the young couple invited Jesus to the wedding. It's very important now, not only to invite him to our wedding, but he be included in everything that we do. How many times are we at places that maybe we're just not too happy if Jesus was there watching us? We would feel a wee bit uncomfortable because here we are on Sunday morning, all Holy Joe, uh, uh, and, and participating, but yet we're doing things throughout the week that wouldn't be very edifying to him. We need to keep Jesus included in everything that we do. Keep close to him. I wonder what would have happened if Jesus had not been there at the wedding. I guess the wedding couple would have been remembered the rest of their days in shame for not having enough wine at their wedding. We've got enough food today, Michael. Don't worry about it. It's enough here. It's important for us to surround ourselves. Listen to me now, because there's a lot of underlying here. And sometimes when you give a message, I find, oh, when I, I wish I'd said that, or I wish I'd put that over better. So I want you to read between the lines of the parts that I miss out. But it's very important for us that we keep uh, good company, that we keep ourselves in good company. I knew when I got saved that I couldn't do the things I used to do. In fact, the things I used to do, I do them no more. I couldn't do that. I couldn't be in that type of company. Last night, I have a friend from, from Mexico staying with me just now, and I took him out to eat while Maggie and them were all working up here. I had to look after my guests and take them to eat, and they were all working. And we went to this little hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant, and it's very quiet, nice place, but it's authentic Mexican. It's lovely. And when I went in there, they were, it was Cinco de Mayo, and there was people, they were all going to town, and there was women up the hill, and so on. Like, and here's him away, out of town, away from his wife and everything. And there's these people that are all going to town, you know, and, and making the most of this. And the music, my goodness, I didn't have my hearing aids in and it blew my head off. And uh, I says, well, could we eat outside? And she says, yes, we could. So we ate outside. But you see, I wasn't even comfortable. Now, I like, I like to have a great time. And I've got nothing, absolutely 
nothing against having a great time. In fact, we had Tabitha, Johnny, and, and uh, Deborah's daughter teaching us how to line dance the other day and ballroom dance, because you never know when you're at a wedding or, or if you're at a, on a cruise ship. And, and, it, and it comes on. There's nothing wrong with it. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to teach you the bigger picture, the underlying thing. And, and it just wasn't for me. I wasn't comfortable in that. They weren't doing nothing wrong. They weren't jumping on the tables and dancing in the tables. They were just having a good time and having fun. But it just wasn't for me. I wasn't comfortable in that situation anymore. So it's important for us to be in the right place amongst the right company and doing the right things. It was uh, read uh, that you can look at a young couple. Uh, this is one of these books that you get from business and they're telling you, you can look at a, uh, a young couple and watch the company that they're keeping and you can tell where they're going to end up in a couple of years from now. Just by the company they keep. Can you believe that? Birds of a feather, they say. Birds, birds of a feather flock together. Hallelujah. Birds of a feather flock together. Number two, Jesus found it important enough to attend the wedding. The wedding union is a very important occasion. Oftentimes when I, in fact, June, Larry, stand up. Stand up. Okay, you sit down now. How many years ago, Larry? 33 years ago, this young couple was my first wedding. It was June and Larry, 33 years ago, and they're still together. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the advice I gave them then is the advice I give people now. And they must have listened to me. I told them that put God first in your life. Put God first in your marriage. Put God first in your relationship and all the and lean not in your own understanding and all the other things. Yeah, whatever she said is true. All right? And all the other things will be added to you and you will be blessed. Hallelujah. It is so, so true. Put God first. And the other thing I give them advice is to keep short accounts. Don't go to bed with mad at night if you can help it. I know it's not an easy thing to do. I haven't found it easy, but uh, I have endured, and I have learned a lesson. So that is some of the advice I give in a wedding and a marriage ceremony. Marriage is not easy. It's two different people getting together, and your whole lives that you've been taught and things, it's all different and changed. But marriage is also what you can make it. You can make it or break it. You can make it count. Hallelujah. Some have gotten not so good partners as others, but you know, God is there, and you just have to make the best with what you can. It's not easy for everybody. Think about it. The miracle would never have happened if he had been invited, if he hadn't been invited to that wedding. Most of you know that I am teetotal. I've got a reason for being teetotal. Uh, when I got saved, teetotal, you know what teetotal means? Is that an American word? Yeah, I'm a teetotaler. Okay, I'm a teetotaler. The reason for that is because I used to drink very heavy. And when I was in the army, there we, we were United Nations Forces in Cyprus. And I remember we, our curfew was to be in by, nine, uh, by one o'clock in the morning. 
And many times, I was felt like a book between bookcases being carried in. <laughs> not in the right mind because of alcohol. And I'm not glorifying it, but many a time, I, and I remember waking up in the morning and there was everything that comes up beside you. And we slept in tents then and it wasn't very nice, but I remember those days. And they weren't very nice and it wouldn't be something that I would look forward to going back to. You know, I, 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 I can relate. In other words, I can relate. Most of you know that I am a teetotaler, and there was a lot of alcoholics in my family. I lost two brothers and a sister-in-law through alcoholism. I had the privilege of, of burying my two brothers. And uh, uh, if it hadn't been for that, uh, they would have, I believe, one of them anyway would have been still alive today. The other one's 20 years older than me, so he probably would have been gone. So I know what alcohol and alcoholism can do in a family. And I'm not preaching against it, really. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying what that does to you. And I prefer, and I, I took my stand not to do that because there was a change in my life when I gave my heart to the Lord. So... I heard a story about an alcoholic that gave his heart to the Lord. And someone asked him one day, you surely don't believe all those miracles you read in the Bible. Especially the one of how Jesus turned the water into wine. The man replied these words, I sure do. In my house, he turned the whiskey into furniture. <laughs> yes, it may seem funny, but I have seen this happen in many lives. All the money and all the time spent on whiskey and everything that goes with it was then turned into furniture and was used to provide for their families. You think about it. If I had all the money that my brother had put one of them in particular had put over his throat. My goodness, I would have been a multimillionaire. And uh, it was all washed away. Before the miracle, if you're sitting here today and you're waiting for a miracle or looking for a miracle, before the miracle comes, there is often a command. You listen? A command. And oftentimes we're commanded to the Lord or he tells us to do so. It doesn't always come as you. Like, like Jim just the one. It doesn't come like that. It comes in different ways, but he tells us and he's assertive and he lets us know and the, the command comes before the miracle. Jesus said unto them, what is the miracle that happens in the story? He said unto them, fill the water pots. We read that they filled them to the brim, right to the very top. See, they listened to what Jesus' mother had said she says, whatever he tells you to do, whatever Jesus tells you to do, I'm encouraging you this morning to do it. To do it with all your heart and with gusto. Pay attention to what he says and do it. They had listened to Jesus' mother, but they also listened to the command that he gave. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says you to do, do it. They knew what he said was important, and they did not take his command lightly. Whatever 
Jesus tells us to do, don't take it lightly. We're asking him for things. We're asking him to speak to us, and we speak to him. But often there's, there's a time for us also to listen to what he's telling us and what he's saying. They were big pots, 25 to 30 gallons each. Can you imagine the servants having to move that weight? They did exactly what he told them to do. It's important that in our lives that we do what he tells us to do. Anything worth doing for Jesus is worth giving her all. Yeah. Giving her all. Amen. Not only did he turn the water into wine, it was the best wine served during the whole wedding. He kept the best for last. You may be here today waiting for a miracle. I've, I've waited on miracles. I've asked God for miracles. And oftentimes I think, well, he's not listening to me or he's not hearing me or I'm not going to receive that miracle. But you know, as we are faithful and do what he's told us to do, follow his word, the marriage, the miracle comes. Let me encourage you today. Whatever he saith unto you, do it. You may be waiting for that miracle this morning and he has already given you a command to prepare for it. He may be waiting on you. I'm here to tell you this morning, every one of us today, listen to me, don't give up. Don't give up. If you're struggling, you think he's not listening to you or he's not paying attention, listen, he answers all our prayers. He keeps the best to last. And just like Martha heard me speak about favor this week, because I, I go on a lot about favor. I tell Gail all the time. I've almost got you converted, right, Gail? Yeah. What's I that? Knew, I knew you could just wait on somebody. You did? What did you do? I helped the person and told them God didn't save them. Amen. Well done, Gail. I said, you said that all the time. I told this person that all the time. Well done, Gail. I'm glad somebody listens. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it is so true. I found it to be true in my own life. And I wouldn't tell you a lie. I'm not here to lie to you. I'm here because I love you and I care for you and you're important to me. No matter if I see you every day or every week or just every now and again. I've got friends that I just see now and again. But you know, when we get together, we're just uh, just the same way as, as when we left off. So inspiration flourishes. Let me inspire you this morning. Let me inspire you this morning. That if you're finding yourself in a tough time, that you're having a rough road to hold, don't give up. Amen. You're in the brink of your miracle. Yes. And he is a faithful, good, loving, kind, heavenly father. How do I know? Because he's been a loving, good, kind, blessed, heavenly father to me. Amen. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for any one of us. He is no respecter of person. So I'm encouraging you, if you're a young married couple, or if you've been on the road like me for 40 years, and for some of them it's been on the road a lot longer than 40 years, let me encourage you today to keep looking to the Lord. Keep loving him. The more that you love him, the more that you love him, you'll find the more that you love your partner. 
and that you'll love your Father. Hallelujah. I'll tell you this morning, I love Jesus for what he's done. I'm not ashamed for, I'm ashamed sometimes of the things that I used to do because uh, I've done everything. That, uh, you out there, whoever you are, I've done it. I've been there and I got the t-shirt. And some of it I'm ashamed, but you know, I'm thankful that I, like the prodigal son, you know the story of the prodigal son? He left, he burned all his inheritance, burned it all up. Did the things that my brothers did and different things. And did it all. And he found himself in a pig pen where the servants in his father's house would never be. Eating husks and pig food. And pig food's not the best food to eat. And he was eating it all up. But you know the wonderful thing is, and it can happen to all of us, he came to his senses. And when he came to his senses, it was like a light bulb going off in his head. And he says, listen, my, even the servants in my father's house are not treated this way. And he turned and he got up and he began to run. And he began to run for all his might towards his father's house. And you know what the beautiful thing is? His father, he wasn't going about his business. His father was looking for him. Where's my boy? Where is he? Looking for him. And he says in the Bible that he saw him from afar off. And he was so thrilled that his son came back that he threw a celebration for his son. And our Heavenly Father is just like that for us. Even if you feel that you're way far off, that you're walking on the fence, I'll tell you, he's watching for you. And he's waiting for you. And he wants to see you coming in. And he's going to put the ring on your finger and put the cloak on you and just love on you. That's the kind of Heavenly Father I serve. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, just like the father with the prodigal son, we're putting on a lovely feast for you this morning. It's going to be downstairs. I want to encourage you to go. We have a lot, a lot of food. And we encourage you to come. And we're celebrating the bridegroom. Here, come, Michael. This is the bridegroom. He's, he's fresh home from Hawaii. And he brought each and every one of you a pineapple. <laughs> All right, and you'll get that today, but it's good to have him and Savannah, his lovely bride, home with us, and we'll be celebrating with them downstairs. Amen? Praise the Lord. What's it like to be married? It's like being a wallet. Oh, uh, huh? It's like being a wallet. Oh, I've stopped you while they're there. I can't tell. It's like being a wallet. Keep on giving, giving, giving. Praise the Lord. I should have asked you, Michael. Praise God. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Let's remember these folks. Also, Uncle Jack Buckland's not very well today. Uh, he was going to be with us. In fact, I got into my office this morning, and Sam Baylor said to me, and it's the first time he's asked me in two weeks or three weeks, he says, where's uh, Uncle Jack and Pam? I haven't seen them for a while. I says, well, they were coming today, but Uncle Jack's not very well, so pray for Uncle Jack to a real good friend of mine I love, I love dearly. And for all the Mr. and Mrs. Buckmans that are here today, I'll tell you, it's just a joy to see you all and to see your family. Hallelujah.
God is good, isn't he? He's done us well. Let's just join hands this morning together as a church. Reach across the aisle if you want to. Reach to the one next to you. Father Jesus, I just ask you this morning that your spirit will continue to flow when we leave this place. Lord, we will be an example as we leave this place and as we go into this world. Lord Jesus, that we have the opportunity to go and change our world. It's going to be an example to encourage others to come to know you as their own personal Savior. Lord, we all have a calling. And the fields are white to harvest. All we need to be is to be obedient to that calling that you've given us. Lord, I pray that we will listen to what you've said. And I pray, Lord, that we will do what you've told us to do. I pray that we'll be an example, Lord, to wherever we are, whether it be in our workplace or wherever. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we will follow you in everything that we do and in every way. That we be better fathers, we be better wives, we be better mothers and, and, and husbands and children. And we just be better, better friends. Lord Jesus, let your shine, love shine in our hearts and our lives. And Father, we covet your presence with us this morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you, and we thank you for those that we have lifted before you this morning, that they sense and feel your presence also. And Lord, that you'll deliver them and heal them and bring them back to us in your precious name, Jesus. We all said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.